0: Economic consultant Joe Ashcroft and analyst Neil Miller have just come back to the Taxpayers Union from the 2020 budget lockup, gentlemen. No, we flat out. No, you've only had a couple of hours to digest this information. You're a couple of hours ahead of us. By the time our listeners hear this taxpayer talk, they'll no doubt have seen the broad government-led headlines. Joe, just quickly, what are, were the government's key messages today?
1: Um, I think first and foremost, is the $50 billion package, and that was all Grant really wanted to talk about, and that was front of message on all of the documents and everything that came through um, when you're sitting in the budget. So that $50 billion package is entirely designed to economically respond to COVID, includes a few different things. So It uh, extends the wage subsidy for businesses who have had a more than 50% drop in their revenue. Uh, And and then also a a kind of array of jobs packages where they're really just trying to use every arm of the civil service to get people out working. So that means they're putting up this new apprenticeship program. So if you want to go train as a builder, the government's going to make it really easy for you to go train as a builder. If you want to go... Uh, build paths and restore bridges in dock parks. They'll pay you to go do that, so there's going to be jobs, packages... Is that so bad?
0: I mean, there's going to be a lot of people in, in Queenstown, for example, with not a lot to do.
1: Well, it is what it is. I mean, I'm sure Doc would argue that those bridges have been neglected for years and desperately need repairs or what have you, but, I mean... All I can see is they'll end up gold plating um, national parks, but we don't have any international tourists to come and look at them. So,
0: Yeah, so the greens were quickly out with, was it 11,000 green jobs or, or rather? That seems like a heck of a lot of, of track maintenance people.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, clearly there's just, they're just going to spend all of that money but probably won't get a lot for it. So it'll be people out with teaspoons, um, repairing bridges and roads just to create jobs.
0: How do we put $50 billion in context? another way of putting $50 billion in context might be, what is it, $50,000 million? Uh, what, compared to, you, you've sat through a number of budget lockups mm. um, for the taxpayers' union. How
1: does this compare to others? So I, I, two things. Firstly, to put $50 billion in context, so a government, typically for the last year spends about 80 to $90 billion. So this is looking at saying, hey, let's take about half of what we normally spend and devote it to a single issue, which is the economic response to COVID, which is massive. Another way to think about it is that it would be something in the order of 16 provincial growth funds, um, given that's about $3 billion. So it is an absolutely enormous package. In terms of what it was like on the ground, it was a little bit chaotic, um, in the sense that I think things were orderly, but the actual, the documents were probably messier than they were, or they're normally made, normally produced, so the media releases were a bit unclear. It had clearly been rushed. Um, and, and you could but you'd expect that, that, though, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, naturally, naturally, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and, and I don't think it's fair to say, oh, what were the government doing, rushing to respond to a pandemic and economic crisis? Clearly, there's always going to be a little bit of a rush. But I think on the margins, some of the numbers could have been tightened up a little bit better. I saw Sharon Zollner, who's the Chief Economist <coughs> ANZ, came out and said, well, actually, maybe it's a good thing that the government have left a lot of this $50 billion economic package, I suppose... Um, unclear that I, they have about $20 billion to play with that they haven't announced what they're going to do with. Maybe that's actually good because it means they can spend the time trying to find the best ways to spend that money. So they'll put the money through into the highest cost benefit kind of return programs rather than coming out today and sending, oh, we're spending a lot and we've come up with it in 48 hours.
0: So is it that or is it more likely to be $20 billion to to roll out between now and the election?
1: I mean, it's handy, right? because now the government can come out and say, oh, look at all these great, wonderful things we're going to do. Oh, and by the way, it's fully costed, because we announced earlier in the year that we're going to do $50 billion of spending. So it it could be used in a savvy way politically.
0: So when we watch the news tonight, it's going to be all around this $50 billion amount. What are the other messages that Grant Robinson um, wants to drive home?
1: I, I think he's really trying to he's really clearly been cautious with this budget because...
0: $50 billion is cautious? No,
1: no, 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 no. but but let's be clear, right, because there are people like the Greens clearly and there'll be people in his caucus who will be saying, oh, we could have, you know, increased welfare and we could have increased benefit payments, could have done everything that welfare working group wanted to do. We could have spent way more on climate change initiatives and that kind of thing. But instead, it seems to be a pretty... Kind of moderate labor budget. They just happen to be spending a lot of money. Um, so I see there's quite a lot of left wing people online who are quite angry that the government haven't gone any more radical. So, but I isn't th- that isn't that what they're leaving room to do? Uh, I mean, or
0: maybe it's a good time. Neil, you're more from the political um, spec- uh, end of the spectrum. Yep. You've um, been done the hard yards um, in the leader of the opposition's office as, as a head of research in uh, uh, Her Majesty's loyal opposition. Yeah. If you were the National Party, what would you be really honing in at um, here from a political perspective?
2: Yeah, it's kind of tough for them because no one wants to really be seen attacking a, a COVID relief package. Um, what you, All you can really do is say, is this the best use of this money? Um, are we spending it the right way? Not not quibbling with $50 million, but saying we need to ensure that we value. Billion. Sorry, yeah. That's why I'm not here. an economist.
1: <laughs> I'll be cynical here, uh, and some of my friends in the National Party probably won't like this, but to me, this just gives open licence to the National Party to spend almost as much money as they want at the election. So then the election becomes one of, well, we can spend the money better than you, Compared to well, we're not going to spend the money, which I suspect the public will have absolutely no appetite for. Oh,
2: I completely agree with that. It's going to be it's an open bidding war now. Yeah, it's who's yeah. going to spend the fifty billion dollars best. And of
1: course,
0: um, it's over being over five years, although most of it front loaded, they can presumably shift that timing round as well. Was there any any sort of talk about that or indication of how that
1: fifty billion well, is, is spread? So. Uh, the 50 billion allocated, well, there's about 25 billion left to spend over five years. And when pushed on it, Grant was pretty clear that, well, if we needed to spend a bit more earlier rather than later, we could just do that on an ad hoc basis. I think he wanted the key take home message to be this should be treated not as these many billions of dollars allocated to each year, but this is a $50 billion contingency package to be used as required over the course of five years in the recovery. So I don't think we should be surprised if perhaps, say, if we had a second wave or something got worse, that grant would come out in August or early September if we're being particularly cynical and saying, hey, actually, we're going to front load another 5 to $10 billion of this spending to get SMEs through or... The
2: finance minister did make a really interesting comment about the the $50 billion. Um, and it's one that I was quite surprised to hear him say, and he said that it should be considered a, a limit, not a target. So he's basically saying that if we don't need to spend $50 billion, then we don't have to. Well, he's hoping. Yeah. The, so
0: the, the... I mean, I on the election, what are we, about four months now from voting... What does this
2: budget tell you about Labour's political strategy to get re-elected? Yeah, this is very much a budget that's focused on their next election. And while we'll sit around in our offices here and argue about quality and priority, uh, what Labour really want to get out of it is a whole lot of election slogans. So they can just put up simple things saying, you know, we spent 60 or $50 billion on COVID. We gave... $900 million to to Maori. Uh, And so they just want these simple slogans. And they want to be able to say, you know, we did record spending in education and record spending in health. But when you look back at it, pretty much every year is a record these days because you have to uh, inflation adjust and then you have a little bit more spending on top. But they just want those simple top line uh, slogans and not detailed analysis. And so they just want um, people to associate uh, Labour and the support parties to a lesser extent with doing something with spending money, uh, with being serious, and it sort of rubs off on all the parties. And the other thing it did was it let them give some wins to the two smaller parties involved in the government. And these are the ones that always struggle uh, when they go into an election having been associated with the government. They tend to have really bad results. So they've given, for example, New Zealand First uh, some money for racing, uh, money for rail, which might have impacts on the Northland electorate. Who knows? Uh, basically, the, the provincial growth fund gets a free pass, despite all the criticism of the quality of the spending. Um, and the Greens get one point one billion dollars uh, for jobs for nature. And one of the interesting things that um, uh, came up there was that those jobs had to be highly visible jobs. Never really seen that put down before in a um, in a <laughs> in budget. What, document. In what way? What does it, that mean? <laughs> it, it means that they wanted people to see people out working. Yeah. Um, so yet yeah, they couldn't be like backed away in a forest. They had to be working in a, a you know central city park or something. Like that. I've never actually seen wow. the, the terminology visible jobs. Um, so that was an interesting.
0: Well, I guess if, if there's no one in a forest to hear the tree fall down, does the job really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you don't see the government spending the money, do you give it the credit? <laughs> well, yeah. Wow. So, the um, I mean, we covered a little bit um, on what the government want everyone to know, which by the sounds of things seems to be this $50 billion figure. What do you think the government doesn't want us to know having spent and I know it you've only had 3 hours of the documents but what do you think the what are the flashing red lights that they're trying to smother Joe
1: well but but for the the businesses who will receive the extension of the wage subsidy program in about a month the wage subsidy program will completely end um, and at that point in time, there's going to be significant pressure on unemployment and significant pressure on small businesses. I think the key political gap for the government today is the SME sector. So they announced a big $4 billion businesses package. But it's important to break that down a little bit. So $3.2 billion of that is just the extension of the wage subsidies. So we can just park that. And, that's
0: like, and they've tied it, well, kind of tied it so They said you need to be down... 50%, 50%
1: now to get that extension. So then you have about 800 million left for small businesses. But about 250 million of that or so is just this NZTE, so that's New Zealand Trade and Enterprise, which is one of the Quangos that the government runs, um, training program, which which just seems to be telling small businesses how they can run their small businesses better. Which isn't the problem right now. Small businesses don't have customers. So it's not
0: like what Britain did with with rates relief, for example. No, 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 no. No, It doesn't look like there's
1: any tax relief or any regulatory relief for small businesses. So it it wouldn't shock me heading into the election if small businesses get really angry. Um, How that plays out politically, I don't know. And the
2: government seems to have abandoned any uh, moves on, on rents. Um, they basically had a look at the issue uh, but decided it was too complicated um, and very politically fraught. And um, so small businesses are saying, yes, wages are a big part of our um, spend and uh, the wage subsidy is welcome, but what about rents? What about rates? What about insurance? Um, you know, those other costs haven't been addressed at all and businesses are still without in customers.
0: Fa- in fairness to the government, they'd say that the um, small business loan interest-free um, I'd argue economically crazy but um, uh, this um, this thing where you can shift debt over from um, a bank paying interest over onto the taxpayer book um, what is though public debt, I mean we go into this and we've talked a lot about that actually New Zealand comes to this with with pretty healthy government books compared to most of the western I mean, world I mean
1: I'd argue stellar, like they are, they are- Quite legitimately, there's been a consensus um, from Labour and National to run the books in a really responsible way. So we're going in with 19% of GDP as net debt. That's very good. That, that's, if not the best in the world, some of the best in the world. Over the next four or five years, that's going to climb significantly. So by 2024, that'll reach 53.6% of GDP. So you think about that, that's going up by, it's not quite tripling, but it's getting close to per, tripling. Per, as a, per,
0: what are we talking per household?
1: Um, so debt will be in the order of one hundred and ten thousand dollars per household by twenty twenty four. So think about putting that onto your mortgage, I guess. For everyone, yeah.
0: What are the what are, you th- what, are what are the political risks that the government um, has? Do you think? Yeah, the,
2: there are a few. Um, they're going to get in trouble if economic growth uh, either slows or doesn't pick up as fast as people are expecting. Um, they're going to get in trouble if unemployment uh, goes up too much. Um,
0: what, 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 did, what did Treasury say about unemployment? Um, well,
2: this is this is the problem that I was going to get to. Is I think that the budget is based on some reasonably uh, optimistic uh, predictions. So uh, Treasury so you're nodding, Joe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. Treasury saying that uh, unemployment will peak very soon at nine point six percent. Uh, and so in, in questioning, Grant Robertson was asked, would you stake your reputation on keeping unemployment in single digits? And he gave a three-minute answer, which didn't come close to addressing <laughs> the question. Um, so, you know, if, and if, you, if, if we keep seeing benefit numbers go up and, and people keep seeing, you know, their friends are unemployed for long periods of times, um, that's going to get people feeling quite differently about it. At the moment, they're really quite focused on the, the health part, unless they're actually in businesses that are being affected or they know people that are so if that goes wrong if the economy is not going reasonably well at the election time then they'll lose a lot of the goodwill i mean that's the thing about emergencies like wars uh, disease uh, natural disasters is governments that handle it competently or, or are seen to handle it competently get a boost in the polls but the problem is that, that is very temporary voters have very short memories and um, if the if the problem goes away or gets sorted out, then suddenly they're back to being focused on the on the um, the, the everyday issues. Um, but isn't
0: I mean, isn't that what this is all about? I mean, if if you were the political advisor to to Grant Robinson or to Jacinda Ardern, aren't you basically saying, "Look, guys, we've just got to keep this patient alive for four months, and we can send them the bill later"?
1: Well, but but I mean, based on the data that we saw today, they. They won't keep much of the patient alive by the election because, um, as Neil says, it's really in that August September period where we expect unemployment to hit its peak of the mid nines. So we're going to be going into an election with unemployment at a level we haven't seen since the reform era.
0: Yeah, because that was th- one of the things we speculated, you know, prior to you guys going into the lockup, that there would be some form of the extension of the wage subsidy. Otherwise, you'd, it'd go off a unemployment or jobs would go off a cliff yeah. at the end of that twelve weeks by having that 50% though do they risk simply keeping alive businesses that probably aren't going to be viable businesses for I mean, years risk, to come it's,
1: it's by design isn't it i mean i maybe i'm being hyper cynical here but I, I think if a business is suffering a 50% fall in revenue like very yeah, but few if that, that, i mean under
0: lockdown lots of businesses i mean um, an enormous number of businesses sure. have had
1: this is going to be for businesses when we're coming out of lockdown right because this is after the 12 weeks are over mm. great the economy's open again we're all out and then if you're still losing up by 50 percent you know you kind of it's over right
0: okay so um to wrap up if you were advising simon bridges right now what would you be telling him neil
2: Um, He's got to keep hitting the issues. He's got to find uh, a a line to run against the government and start running it a bit early, and that whether that's about the quality of the spending. Uh, He needs to talk to his colleagues about setting budget expectations for what they can offer, um, whether they want to be in a full bidding war with Labour or whether they want to tone it back. And they've got to be prepared to answer the questions, what would you change? What would you cut? What would you stop? And... um, Traditionally, national leaders have sometimes had problems. You know, they'll say, oh, we'll be more efficient in government. and But, but, they, but then they're asked a the question about, well, would you cut this? And they, they did not that answer. be
0: easy? I mean, one of the things that became immediately apparent from this is while the bumper sticker or the slogan is, you know, 50 billion COVID related, you only need to scratch the surface and you say, all right, we're buying some new ships for the inter-islander yeah. from South Korea. Well, that doesn't help with, with creating new jobs. I don't know what well, that's got to do with COVID. We're buying some new planes for the military. Well... I flew through Auckland Airport last night, and I can tell you that there's, there's quite a surplus of planes in New Zealand right now, and I'm not sure how that is connected to getting us out of COVID. But, I mean, will will this sort of slap you, you described earlier, Joe, as quite a you know, standard Labor budget, albeit on a much grander scale, will this sort of
1: this-is-all-COVID-type line, will it work? Well, I, I think the most important thing for the National Party Caucus right now... Is to just stay calm and not get stressed out about it. There's was a lot of leaking over the last couple of months. And I think they need to remember that this is the per, this is the best possible spot for the government, right? Because the economy has not yet fallen off a cliff, but they have be, been able to roll wow. out all of it's their not, plan. I mean,
0: our, our small business owners are not; uh, they are certainly still feel,
1: are feeling they're uh, feeling like okay, falling off cliff. But un- unemployment has not significantly risen yet. And, that, and that's where most voters will feel that pain. So right now we're in an odd spot where the government gets to announce all of their stimulus and all these fantastic spending measures but have not yet copped the political flack from allowing unemployment to rise. So this is potentially the worst possible position for the opposition and you would expect that it only gets better from here as the economic situation deteriorates. Yeah, because I
2: think Labour's going to come out with a slogan along the lines of uh, recover, rebuild and grow with Labour. And that, that's pretty simple. Um, uh, recover and rebuild was in the budget a lot today, and, the, and then they want to have the aspirational part uh, about why they should get another term. Um, but, but
0: these guys have left twenty to twenty-four billion left in the kitty. As these sorts of issues crop up, if there's a if there's a new festering sore, they've got a billion dollars, twenty-four times to throw at it.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a bit of effort in moving it from its intended purpose, but but, they, but they isn't the that. point
0: that that, that for for a lot of this spending, it's there's not an intended purpose.
1: Well, yeah. And as
2: oh, we, I meant from moving from the health portfolio from vote health into say, you know, vote education but, or something but, like
1: but that. But it's what you said earlier. I mean, as soon as they have to start spending it, they will inevitably spend it badly on, on, on poor quality projects. It it won't all be good value. And that's where you can do the attack lines. Looks like well. an election year. Well, oh, yeah. So how is how is buying planes from overseas gonna help our economy? How is employing people to dig ditches and dock land good for the economy, et cetera, et cetera?
0: Summing up, gentlemen, out of ten economically and out of ten politically, you go first, Joe, economically out of ten.
1: Six. Well I mean, they they do what they have to do and that any government was gonna start spending and had to start spending dramatically. Um debt probably gets a little bit out of control. A lot of the spending is poorly targeted. And when you get under the hood, there's some odd stuff going on there. $280 million for New Zealand Post is just bizarre in my view.
0: And politically, Neil, from the government's perspective? From
1: the government's perspective, I'd say it's a seven.
2: And if the national doesn't get their act together quickly and targeted and um, effective, I'd probably give it an eight.
0: Gentlemen, happy Budget Day. Thanks for joining Tax Talk.